Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's that time of year again. We'll get a preview of all of the new and familiar things to see, to do, and to eat at the 2023 Ohio State Fair. Also this morning, just like many families these days, a growing number of businesses are tapping into credit card rewards programs to help stretch their budgets. But is that a wise move in the long run? And the Humane Society's Wags and Walks event has been rescheduled from this week due to the extreme heat, which serves as another reminder of how dangerous these weather conditions can be for our pets. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, July 26th, 2023. The big news yesterday, by now you've heard, voters in the state of Ohio will decide on whether to legalize and protect abortion rights and enshrine that in the Ohio Constitution in November. The Secretary of State announced that Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights had submitted enough valid signatures to place the amendment proposal on the November ballot. Uh, The amendment states, quote, every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, unquote, would cover health care decisions like abortion and fertility treatment. It also uh, mandates or uh, adds in the measure that the state cannot prohibit, interfere or penalize people for exercising that right. And of course, the measure itself would be on the November ballot, but. What happens in November will largely depend on what happens here in a couple of weeks in the uh, August special election with issue one. If issue one passes, then moving forward, beginning with the November election, constitutional amendments such as this one will need a supermajority in order to pass. So it would have to meet the 60% vote threshold in order to pass uh, in November. If issue one fails in August, then the abortion amendment and any other future constitutional amendments will, as they currently do, require just a simple majority of 50% plus one. Um, So a lot of things still up in the air. Uh, We could also not just uh, issue one, Uh, in August, uh, will not only impact uh, in a great way that uh, constitutional amendment uh, regarding abortion rights, but also uh, the possibility of recreational marijuana uh, passing. Which is kind of interesting. The uh, proponents of legalizing recreational marijuana also seeking a uh, constitutional amendment in Ohio. Uh, fell just short of the number of signatures that were needed to get that measure on the ballot by about 600 signatures. Again, as the process is right now, they have a uh, sort of a second chance period, a grace period to go out and get the number of signatures that they need uh, to make up for the ones that were invalidated. Should issue one pass next month, if they were to fall short, they would have to start over from scratch, which would dramatically delay any effort to put that measure on the ballot. So that's part of issue one as well. But uh, all of these things tied together, that was certainly the big news yesterday uh, in the uh, state of Ohio. Some of the other first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, and this is huge. I mean, this is really big stuff. Skittles is coming out with a new flavor. Yet this summer, in honor of National Mustard Day on August 5th, mustard-flavored Skittles will make their debut. You heard that right. Mustard-flavored Skittles. It is in collaboration with French's Yellow Mustard. Fans will get the taste, their first taste of the new flavor, at uh, French's Mustard Mobile, at French's Mustard Mobile, they, <laughs> they'll be making stops in Atlanta, Washington, D.C., and New York City next week. But 
uh, mustard-flavored Skittles uh, will apparently be available nationwide beginning August 5th. I know. I can't wait. How about you? No. No. Just no. No. Mustard-flavored Skittles. Uh, unless you're going to... Unless you're going to have a hot dog flavored Skittles to go along with that. Um, I think no. I think no. <clears throat> so uh, this was in the news. Was it last week, the week before with the uh, tornado in uh, North Carolina that went through and uh, destroyed, virtually destroyed a Pfizer plant in North Carolina. Uh, the company warned that... Uh, number of medications that were manufactured and packaged and shipped out of that facility nationwide uh, could be in short supply. And it appears they're starting to see that more than 30 drugs. This is the story on the Newswire this morning. More than 30 drugs may face supply chain disruption after that tornado damage at a North Carolina Pfizer plant. The company warned hospitals in a letter on Friday that about 65 formulations of those 30 drugs could see disruptions. Pfizer said medicines like injectable fentanyl for pain management, not street fentanyl, legally used uh, fentanyl for pain management, uh, and the anesthetic lidocaine, uh, both have less than a three-month inventory level. The facility in Rocky Mountain makes close to a quarter of Pfizer's injectable medicines used in hospitals around the country. It's one of the largest facilities in the world for manufacturing sterile injectables. And no word on how long it might be before they were able to get those supplies back to normal. So, as the uh, potential to be big news and uh, uh, fears about drug shortages appear to be coming to fruition. Speaking of shortages, I saw this. Ozempic, an injectable prescription medication for adults with type 2 diabetes, which is used to improve blood sugar levels, also lowers the risk of major cardiovascular events, such as stroke and heart attack, uh, in adults with type 2 diabetes and known heart disease. Well, it has also become, Ozempic, a very popular medication as an off-label weight loss drug. Now, it's not technically approved for that purpose, but it is increasingly being used as a weight loss drug. And with so many people using it for that pur purpose, Ozempic now is becoming hard to find, sending patients scrambling for an alternative, a supplement called Berbe uh, Berberine. Berberine? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, this is a supplement that is gaining steam on, local media, uh, on social media, but experts say it is not a good replacement. So beware. Dr. Brian McFarlane the University of North Texas has been running weight loss trials for years and says that supplements can help, but only when combined with a lifestyle change. Uh, berberine does not work on the body's metabolism in the same way as Ozempic. Additionally, Dr. McFarland says most of the claims about the so-called weight loss supplement have not been verified by wide, uh, large-scale peer-reviewed studies. So if you were... Among those who are using Ozempic for weight loss purposes, becoming harder to find, uh, that is not a uh, an alternative. Uh, a couple of other uh, interesting items here among the first things that you need to know this morning. Uh, there's been another shark attack in South Carolina. Um, a beach resort in South Carolina reports of a 60-year-old man who was bitten... <laughs> while wading in water just two to three feet deep off of the Sea Pines Beach, Hilton Head Island. Happened on Friday. The shark just nipped his foot. It's the way it's, it's, the way it's described. The shark just nipped his foot. He's going to be fine, but he was in just waist-deep water. Um, those uh, sharks getting uh, closer and closer to shore. That is really scary. Waist-deep water. Um... I don't know. That would make you necessarily want to go <laughs> and talk about uh, the story goes on to talk about different ways that you can avoid a shark attack. Um, my number one would be don't go in the water. That's I'll just hang out by the pool. I mean, the ocean is, the ocean is lovely to look at and walk along the beach, but <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Speaking of uh, 
beach vacations and so on. This uh, has been uh, making headlines off and on through the entire year, really, and especially through the uh, summer travel season. In addition to flight delays, cancellations, lost luggage, and disgruntled staff, airlines now having difficulty finding pilots to serve as captains. Uh, This is according to a report in the Travel Noir website. A representative from United Airlines said uh, in in an earnings call that they are experiencing something that they have never in the airline's history uh, had to deal with before. A growing, a growing number of pilots are declining promotions to captain. Um, they, they're offering pilots promotions, and the pilots are saying, no, I don't want to be a captain. Apparently, they just want to remain as first officer. You have to have a captain and a first officer uh, in the uh, cockpit, and if they can't get enough people to be willing to take a promotion to captain, then they have a problem. So... They'll have too many first officers and not enough captains because people are actually uh, declining the promotion. Um, I I don't know. It says captains are responsible for the overall safety of the aircraft. The captain makes command decisions and receives a higher rate of pay than the co-pilot. But the, the reason people are declining the pay bump and the higher prestige of being a captain is because the pilots say they want to maintain a better quality of life outside of work. They say they uh, work too hard and they don't, they don't the uh, extra pay is not worth the extra workload. Interesting. Uh, they actually have enough pilots, but not enough designated as captains. That's crazy. Huh? Um, speaking of work. Uh, remote work, obviously, since the uh, pandemic has come to be very popular, and even after the pandemic, more and more people are uh, working remotely. But there is a downside for communities. Uh, with the rise of remote work, it says here, residents have been fleeing big cities uh, like New York and, and so on in favor of more mid-sized cities like Austin, Charlotte, uh, places that are uh, perceived as more desirable places to live. 30,000 New Yorkers ditched the Big Apple in 2021 uh, to move to the surrounding Hudson Valley. But here's the problem. In the quest to attract those uh, remote workers into their communities, um, some of the uh, amenities that have been popping up in these smaller cities uh, have led to some complaints that all American cities are beginning to look and feel the same. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting. The more uh, these people leave New York City and these uh, trendy hotspots, the big cities, the more the smaller cities are beginning to look like bigger cities because these people come from the bigger cities and expect the same amenities. And so in... Yeah, I never really thought about that, but I can uh, definitely definitely see that happening. And one other item here among the first things you need to know this morning, and I will uh, share this, uh, the uh, last thing we'll let you chew on this, because today is Wednesday, now we're in the midway point of the week. By this point, uh, your stress level of your work week is probably at its highest, because after today, you can look forward to the weekend. But, you know, you're as far into the week as you can get without now looking forward to the to the weekend. So Wednesday is kind of like peak stress day. Uh, the transformative impact of creativity on mental and physical well-being uh, is a well-supported notion as we navigate the challenges of modern life. Engaging in enjoyable activities holds the key to recovering from stress and making life a little bit easier. This is all according to the American Psychiatric Association. They did a poll earlier this month on the most, uh, what activities, what creative activities have the most significant stress-relieving effects. And among those in the poll, the top five, listening to music, solving puzzles, singing or dancing, and by the way, group singing uh, is particularly helpful. Drawing, painting, or sculpting, and creative writing or journaling. 
uh, the five different, uh, the five most uh, effective stress-relieving creative techniques. So there you go. If you are a little stressed out today, you can try one of those things to relieve some of that stress. And there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start off your Wednesday morning this morning. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. It's official. The issue of abortion rights will be on the statewide ballot this November. Andrew Kinsey with Owen and Affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus reports. Secretary of State Frank LaRose verified enough signatures to put the right to reproductive freedom amendment on the ballot. If approved, abortion access would be guaranteed on the state constitution. And right now, that issue only needs a simple majority to pass. But if issue one passes in the August special election, the abortion rights issue would need 60% voter approval in November. I'm Andrew Kinsey. A proposal to legalize recreational marijuana in Ohio could also be on the ballot in November, even though it fell just short of the signatures it needs to get on the ballot. Owen's Kate Burdett explains. Secretary of State Frank LaRose determined the coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol was short by just 679 signatures of the 124,046 required to put the question before voters on November 7th. They now have until August 4th to gather more signatures. Ohio legalized medical marijuana in 2016. Currently, 23 states in the U.S. have legalized cannabis for adult recreational use. Kate Burdett, ONN News. Severe storms are possible later today with northwestern Ohio under the highest risk. The National Weather Service says damaging winds and tornadoes are possible. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. So the Ohio State Fair is underway through next Sunday, August 6th, and uh, joining us to talk about all of the new and familiar things to see and do and eat, of course, uh, is Jess West uh, with the uh, Ohio Expo Center and State Fair. And uh, Jess, summer isn't just isn't complete without, uh, without the State Fair. And part of what makes, I, I would think, you know, everybody, your job, everybody involved in, in putting the fair together and making this happen, part of what makes it fun is finding ways to blend those traditional highlights, the things that people come back every year for, uh, and, and then blend those in with the new attractions to keep things fresh so it isn't just the same thing year after year. Yes, Chris, you're absolutely right. Finding that balance between tradition and new is always a great a great balance to strike here at the Ohio State Fair. So let's talk about some, uh, first of all, the entertainment uh, from the concert headliners to the free shows to the street performers throughout the fairgrounds. A lot of stuff for just about every taste. Yes, we have a lot of different entertainers this year. So yes, we do have paid concerts in the WCOL Celeste Center, and we have 11 of those shows. So we have everything from country to um, Lindsay Sterling, who's a great violinist. That'll be a different kind of show this year. To comedy, we have Jeff Dunham jo- joining us again this year. He's such a favorite here in Columbus. Um, and then moving into our free entertainment. So we have several free entertainment stages here across the grounds. We've got the main street stage. We've got the A. ARP Ohio Gazebo Stage. We've got the Natural Resources Park Amphitheater. Um, we've got strolling entertainment. So really everywhere on the grounds is a stage, right? Um, and then in addition to that, we're introducing a new area this year called Entertainment Alley. And so that's going to feature some new performers as well. Um, and then right across from Entertainment Alley, we have one returning performer. So we have Lady Houdini, um, who's an escape artist. She'll be back this year and then joining her at that same location we'll have um, a new aerial show so the strong and amazing show will be joining us this year as well all right uh so those are uh, things to chat where is the uh, entertainment alley uh at on the uh, fairgrounds yeah, absolutely. So Entertainment Alley is actually located just south of the um, Landon Living Building. Um, so if you go out the south entrance um, and right in between that and Antique Tractor. So it's you okay. know, a whole alley sandwiched between two different areas. Gotcha. Uh, it seems like uh, food is always one of the main attractions for most people who doesn't love fair food. Uh, and there is a whole slew. I was looking through the uh, press release on this. There is a whole slew 
of culinary ad- uh, adventures awaiting uh, visitors uh, this year? There is. There's uh, a ton of food here. So we have approximately 146 food vendors here on the ground. Um, and you can find everything from classic favorites, you know, fried cheese, funnel cakes, elephant ears, all the classic fair favorites, right? Um, To brand new fair food. So I was actually just out on the ground a little bit ago and Schmitz, who's our longest running vendor, Mm -hmm. has a brand new cream puff that's exclusive to the fair this year. And so it's a lemon shake-up flavored cream puff. So it's, you know, a nice blend of sweet and tart lemony custard um, right inside that traditional Schmitz, you know, cream puff exterior. Um, And I was hearing a lot of good feedback on that one. Talk about... Uh, blending the old and the new and one of the things that that caught my eye again uh some of this stuff uh with respect to food is not for the faint of heart uh i I saw here uh flavored deviled eggs uh in the uh commodities uh, building and i'm not sure that the world is necessarily ready for flavored deviled eggs but here we have it you know what that's funny you bring that up chris i think the world is ready for it so the ohio (laughs) poultry association has been doing different flavored deviled eggs for a couple of years now last year they had a lemon meringue keeping the lemon flavor a lemon deviled egg sold like hotcakes and so they're experimenting you know all throughout the year to come up with some more delicious deviled eggs um and you can get those you know in the taste of ohio cafe and they're actually a huge hit i uh i stand corrected i did not see those last year uh but i will have to uh make sure that i mean I'll give it a try. If everybody else uh, if it gets the stamp of approval from everybody else, I guess I've got to give it a try. What is the what is the one thing I mean, we can go on and on all day about everything there is to see and do again, both old and new. What is the one thing that no one should miss when they visit the fair? Oh, my goodness. The one thing no one should miss. That's such a great question, Chris. And, you know, I I would say that throughout the grounds, there are so many things that I hope people don't miss along their journey here. But one thing that we love here in Ohio are our Ohio roots. And so something that's super special to us is that over three quarters of our vendors are from Ohio. So they're local people coming here. We have local representation, you know, in our livestock shows and our 4-H. Sure. Um, we have local presence here in the Taste of Ohio Cafe. That's all Ohio commodities. We have a um, Ohio Proud Market in there. And so I would say something that people can't miss uh, while it's not an exhibit, um, it's just the Ohio pride that we have. We are so proud to be here in the state of Ohio. We're so proud to be here in the heart of Columbus. And I hope that people see that as they're walking throughout the grounds, just all of the Ohio that we have yeah, here. Yeah, as it should be. It is a celebration of uh, all things Ohio. Uh, and by the way, uh, obviously, the the one of the big traditions is the butter cow sculpture. This year's theme is a salute to Ohio inventors. Yes, exactly. That was actually just unveiled yesterday. Um, and so that was great to see in the dairy products building. Um, and that is definitely a site for visitors to not miss at the Ohio State Fair. Uh, it is uh, pretty incredible if you've uh, seen the uh, photographs uh, to see just the uh, craftsmanship that goes into the intricacy and, and all of that. Now, uh, before we finish up, want to make sure that we uh, talk about the logistics, getting to the fair and parking, admission, all of the nuts and bolts of it. What do we need to know to make getting to and into the fair go as smooth as possible? Yeah, absolutely. So coming into the fair, you're going to receive free parking in the main O'Reilly Auto Parts parking lots. So park your car, get out, secure all your things in your vehicle, and then look for a free parking shuttle. Um, Depending on the day that you come, there are a lot of people that come to the Ohio State Fair. We invite everyone that we can. Um, And so you might have to park a little farther out, hop on a parking shuttle, enjoy your ride to the main gate. Once you get to the gate, if you have tickets you've purchased in advance, you can pull up your electronic wallet on your mobile device, show those tickets. If not, we'll sell you tickets right at the gate. So for adults, it's $12 for admission for kids and seniors. It's $10. And so children ages 6 to 12, $10, 13 and above, 12. Um, And then seniors 60 plus get in for $10. Um, Additionally, we have um, free admission for children who are five and under. And then we also really appreciate, you know, all of the military and first responders that we have here in Ohio. So um, if you are in that group, if you are military veteran, um, you know, first responder, you get into the fair for free any day. 
Uh, you mentioned uh, buying tickets in advance. You can do that. It just makes it a little bit easier. You can do that online, and uh, you get uh, the uh, uh, midway uh, ride admission uh, online and all of that as well. Can you purchase all of that in advance? All of that can be purchased okay. in advance of coming here if you want to uh, skip the line to wait. Okay, very good. Uh, we've got a link up on our website. It, again, we can't possibly get into everything uh, here this morning, but uh, most everything you need to know is going to be right there on the website, which we have uh, linked, it up, uh, linked up at our webpage as well. And again, Jess West with the uh, Ohio Expo Center and the State Fair. Again, the fair underway through Sunday, August 6th. Jess, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Chris. Well, from supply chain issues to high prices due to inflation, many small business owners feeling the squeeze of economic uncertainty, just like many of uh, us are, many of our families are. One solution that some small business owners are turning to is credit card rewards. Again, similar to families using rewards to pay for groceries or gas. Small businesses are tapping into rewards programs like cashback and other benefits to help cover expenses and keep businesses churning. And uh, Ray Keating is with us this morning is chief economist of the small business and entrepreneurship council ray is this wise really i mean you compare it to families utilizing the perks of credit card rewards but overuse and misuse of credit cards has also gotten a lot of families into trouble right you have to be smart right and uh and that goes for families and that goes for small business owners um small business owners are you know the, you mentioned a lot of challenges in the economy right now in terms of we're not growing as fast as we should. Inflation is still around. Finding the right employees. So those are all in the mix. Um, at the same time, technology, you know, creates uh, new opportunities, and that includes electronic payments, uh, both received by small businesses and using them, credit cards and so on. So you've always had to be keeping an eye on your costs, and you have to make sure it makes sense to be using credit cards, um, you know, you just want to make sure you use them in a smart way. And right. listen, small businesses use them for day-to-day -day operations. You know, 63% use them for operating expenses. Um, also, a lot of people start up their businesses uh, by using credit cards because it's a very convenient access to credit, but you just have to do it smart. Uh, like I said, it's understandable that uh, small business owners are looking at this because, like many families, current economy has had an impact on those small businesses. So what tips do you have for small business owners, entrepreneurs looking to leverage those rewards to stretch their budget? Yeah, and that's it. Stretching your budget, right? And, and those credit card rewards can be a big plus. I mean, I'm not just... Uh, chief economist for the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council. I'm also a small business owner. You know, I'm an indie publisher. I write novels. So those cash back benefits, for example, have been a huge plus for me in terms of, you know, I cover shipping supplies, uh, office equipment and supplies, even book inventory for me. So those rewards um, are very real for small business owners um, and they can make a real difference. So how uh, are the so how do uh, small business owners who may be think hearing us talk about this and say, well, this is maybe something that I should be doing more of. I haven't really looked at. Uh, how would you go about advising a small business owner to you know start leveraging those rewards, those tools as a tool? Right. It's yeah, it's always search, small. Yeah, I don't have to tell small, most small business owners this. They get it, right? They're looking for those ways to reduce costs, to stretch a dollar. So they should be out there comparing, you know, um, for example, what credit card am I using now? And do they have good rewards programs? What's the interest rate on them? And so on. And compare those to others and, and just make the best choice for their business. Um, and, you know, the same goes for all the other things that, that small business owners should be doing in terms of looking for new opportunities. And that's on the flip side with credit cards and all is that you have to make sure that you're set up to make uh, to take electronic payments. That's a big factor now. Obviously, we're going towards a cashless society. Um, mm -hmm. We did a poll of people that started new businesses during the pandemic and 87 percent that said that access to electronic payments 
That was important to their decision to launch the business. Um, so this is something that you're looking at on both sides of the equation. You know, uh, with the with monetary policy uh, getting tighter and the administration's insistence on cracking down on bank fees and lowering bank fees uh, to uh, consumers and so on. There have been some who have theorized that maybe some of these reward programs uh, are in jeopardy. Do you believe they are? Yeah, well, when you look at some of the the legislation that's being floated out there, right? Back in 2010, the big banking bill that passed included what we call the Durbin Amendment, Senator Dick Durbin. Um, And essentially what it did was it imposed regulations, routing regulations, if you will, how, you know, how these transactions happen, uh, imposed price controls. Um, a lot of people are like, wow, that sounds great. But the result was, unfortunately, uh, debit card rewards disappeared yeah. for a lot of people and certainly for small businesses. Free checking went away. So there are real costs here. Now, unfortunately, we see legislators in Washington looking to do the same thing on the credit card front in terms of regulating and price controls. And that's going to come with some real consequences. Uh, again, Ray Keating is chief economist for the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council, uh, talking about uh, small business owners leveraging rewards programs and other uh, perks and such uh, as a way to stretch that business budget in uh, challenging economic times. Where do folks uh, get more information? Yeah, you can handsoffmyrewards.com will tell you about what's going on with Washington and the possible, you know, fallout from that. Um, also, you can go over to our website, sbecouncil.org, and you get information there as well and on, on more broad other issues that relating to small businesses. Again, Ray Keating, uh, Chief Economist for the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council with us this morning. Ray, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks so much. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. What's the old joke? How hot is it? It is so hot. How hot is it? It is so hot in El Paso, Texas, that the street signs are melting. The street signs are melting, or at least it appears that way. El Paso, Texas has experienced 38 straight days of triple-digit temperatures, which I can't even imagine 38 straight days of temperatures at or above 100 degrees. It is so hot that the paint on street signs is peeling and the vinyl uh, is uh, deteriorating in the sun and... And falling off, and it, and it gives the appearance that they are, it gives a dripping, melted look. Uh, now, the city says that the damage to the street signs is the result of ordinary wear and tear. Street signs, like anything else, it doesn't last forever. And uh, they, you know, have to be replaced from time to time. But the, uh, but the heat is making it appear that the vinyl and the paint is actually melting. Uh, again, the street departments, what I think is funny in the, in the whole thing, aside from the idea of street signs melting and being so hot, but what's really, uh, humorous is that a spokesperson for the city of El Paso, uh, says, no, the street signs aren't actually melting, but the signs will be replaced later in the fall. (laughs) You know, when it's not so hot. So we don't want the new ones to melt, (laughs) which I guess makes sense. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news this morning. So you want to be an airline flight attendant. Doesn't that sound like a glamorous job? You get to travel and, and all of that. The problem is you have to deal with passengers. And a Spirit Airlines flight, and I have no idea what this flight, which flight this was, where it was going from or where it was going to. Um, but this was caught on video and shared online. A passenger on an unknown Spirit Airlines flight was caught on video relieving herself on the floor of the airplane. The woman can be heard blaming flight attendants for not letting her use the lavatory. (laughs) 
She can be heard saying, I needed to pee for two hours. You told me I can't. You closed the doors. So she just did her business right there in the aisle. The uh, person recording uh, the uh, incident uh, catches the flight attendant can be heard telling the passenger uh, to uh, what it says. The flight attendant tells the passenger to drink water because it smells disgusting. <laughs> At the end of the clip, the woman puts her pants back on and walks away. Wow. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's a glamorous job. Man. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news here this uh, this morning. <laughs> uh, this is in uh, Sturbridge. I don't know. Sturbridge, what state is that in? Um, I don't know. I'll have to. Uh, oh, it's in Massachusetts. Uh, Sturbridge, uh, Massachusetts. Chaos erupted at the local Walmart when police responded to a report of a vehicle explosion in the parking lot of the Walmart. A vehicle explosion. When police arrived, uh, they were met with a jaw-dropping sight. A vehicle had indeed exploded. Windows were shattered out. All four doors were barely still attached to the vehicle. Blown open, barely still still attached. Uh, police discovered a woman inside with only minor injuries, amazingly. Surprisingly, she refused medical treatment. Uh, initial indications suggest that the explosion was linked to a reckless habit known as huffing. Allegedly, the woman may have been inhaling fumes from compressed air containers uh, while lighting a cigarette. <laughs> All in an effort to seek a dangerous high. The uh, practice is recognized as a form of substance abuse by the American Addiction Centers. Involves inhaling household substances with flammable properties. So, lighting a cigarette, probably not a really good idea. As evidenced by the car explosion. The uh, ongoing investigation points to a dangerous combination of flammable fumes building up inside the vehicle, culminating in the ill-fated attempt to ignite the smoke. Um... The result, a vehicle explosion causing damage not only to her car, but the surrounding vehicles as well. <laughs> you probably lit that cigarette and said, what the heck happened here? What in the world is going on? Um, in China, this is crazy. T- things are tough all over. Um, in China, unemployment among young adults soared to 21.3% in the month of June. They are really having a an unemployment problem in China. And uh, it has gotten so bad that some adults, some adult children, uh, have taken on jobs working for their parents. <laughs> they, they are basically being paid to be full-time children. Um, this is a trending thing, apparently, in China. So what does a full-time paid child do? What does is, what is that job entail, being a full-time, uh, full-time children? Well, they are usually hired by mom and dad to do housework and be on call for uh, various household tasks and chores. Basically doing the things <laughs> that when you're younger, uh, you are expected to do around the house. But then you grow up and mom and dad no longer have that, <laughs> that free child labor. So, parents in China are hiring their kids once they become adults to perform the things that they did when they were kids, only now doing it for pay. Uh, One woman says uh, she makes $1,100 a month as a full-time daughter to her own parents. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Um I can honestly say that I've never really thought about that as a uh, career move, but (laughs) it is uh, trending on Chinese social media. It is crazy. And finally, in the broken news this morning, uh, this is just sad and weird, bizarre, you know, everything uh, all wrapped up into one. 
Uh, and it is a, a bit humorous, although it's it's hard to laugh when people die, but sometimes it's just so crazy. Uh, a man has drowned after deputies say he ran from them as they were serving a warrant for someone else. This is the crazy part of the story. According to report from the Greenville, South Carolina Sheriff's Office, deputies went to a home to serve a warrant on Sunday afternoon for an individual who had failed to appear in court. And it doesn't say what the charge was or anything like that, but he had failed to appear, uh, failed to appear so they had a warrant, and they went to uh, serve the warrant. When deputies got to the home, they said a man whom the deputies were not looking for ran from the house and jumped into nearby Lake Cunningham. De- Deputies jumped in to help rescue the man, but were unable to find him. A dive team later recovered his body. Authorities have identified the deceased as 38-year-old Chuck Gilbert Shelton. Uh, Apparently, they they had no reason to be be going after this. They didn't have a a warrant for his arrest. (laughs) They just showed up at the house, and he took off. Uh, the official cause of death ruled an accidental drowning. How crazy is that? That is... I guess the moral of the story is, before you run, you should find out whether they're actually looking for you. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news. The odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So how uh, important is religion uh, in your life? A recent Gallup poll finds that faith is falling as an important part of Americans' lives. Now, this has been a trend, and this is a this is something that the, the folks at Gallup uh, look at uh, on uh an annual basis, at least once a year. They may actually survey uh, people on this more than once a year, but I know they do it at least once a year. They survey people on the role of religion uh, in their lives. And 58% of those in the latest survey said religion is extremely or very important. 58%. So it's still a majority, but that number is down from 65% um Two decades ago, 2001-2002, it was 65%. Now it is down to 58%. So still a majority, but it is much lower now than it once was. At that time, we look back to 2001-2002. At that time, religion ranked sixth in importance uh, for people's personal lives, which I think is kind of interesting. In the latest survey, religion is now seventh in terms of importance in people's lives. Seventh. Uh, Religion ranks behind family, health, work, money, friends, and hobbies or recreational activities. Those are the top six ahead of religion. And religion, among those, is the only element that has shown a decline. So I saw this story on the Newswire this morning. You know how hot it has been in the Deep South and the Desert Southwest. Doctors in Arizona say they are seeing a spike in the number of patients with severe burns just from touching the ground. They say up to a third of the patients in their burn units are there for touching the hot pavement. And in Phoenix, up to half of the patients in the ICU at Valleywise Health Center are being treated for burning themselves because they fell on the uh, on, on the pavement. Uh, asphalt and concrete can be much hotter than air temperature, so uh, if the air temperature is like 100 degrees, and in Phoenix, 24 straight days of triple-digit temperatures, 
And if the air temperature is at 97 to 100 degrees, asphalt can be 150 degrees or more. And so people are being urged to take precautions, not only for themselves, but also experts warn, need to be mindful of the well-being of your pets. And we are joined this morning with that in mind. Natalie Revit is here from the uh, Humane Society of Hancock County. And uh, I know that's one of the uh, one of the things we had originally planned to talk to you about uh, the Wags and Walks event that was scheduled for later today, yes. but because of the heat, uh, we did reschedule that. Yeah, that's yes. been uh, been rescheduled. And you know, that's one of the things when we talk about heat and our pets that a lot of times goes overlooked. Uh, our pets don't have shoes on. We take them for the wa- for a walk on the sidewalk or on the on the street, and uh, you know they can burn themselves. Yes, it it definitely is overlooked, Chris. I mean, we don't think about it. We just kind of take it yeah. for granted. Like, they're using their little pads all the time. Yeah, and the, but those it, pads are really sensitive. They are very sensitive. So it's very important to, if you are going to take your pets for a walk, especially in this heat, I know we're, we're not, I don't know how different we are from Arizona, but it right. does get hot It here. does get hot, yeah. So to, not to that extreme, maybe, but it's, it's it, warm enough that it can cause them, at the very minimum, some serious discomfort. Yes, and yeah. they could definitely get exhausted by the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely want to go out early in the morning. Like I would say, maybe now at the latest, yeah. if you're walking, and then... Yeah little bit maybe like an hour 30 minutes before dusk mm-hmm. when it starts to cool down the other thing uh people a lot of people don't realize is that uh the the, the pads in their feet are how dogs dissipate heat a lot of people think it's panting but it's more the dissipating heat through the pads in their feet and so if they can't if they're walking on a hot pavement right. they can't dissipate the yes. heat and so you mentioned uh, they can become exhausted, heat exhausted, much quicker. They definitely can. Yeah. So you definitely want to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Because they can't tell you. And especially, like, right now I have Coco, a puppy. She'd probably keep walking and walking and walking. Some dogs just, they just love to be with you. Right. So you think that you're going for them, but they're going for you. So right. let's just. And because, <laughs> and because you know, they, they seem to be fine. Yeah. Uh, you don't think about it, but they will seem to be fine until they are very definitely not fine. <laughs> that yeah. is very, so. very true. Uh, let's, let's mention, you do have a friend with you this I morning, do. so I didn't mean to uh, I- ignore Coco here. Uh, Coco is absolutely adorable. I mean, it is cuteness overload here in the studio. Uh, <laughs> tell is. us about Coco. So Coco is under three months, so she's still a baby. She has two other siblings at the shelter waiting for homes. They're not quite ready for adoption yet. Okay. Um, so when they are available, they will be posted on our um website you're also more than welcome people are also more than welcome to stop out at the shelter 4550 Fostoria avenue in finley tuesday through friday 12 to 5 and saturday 12 to 3 she's taking a little nap now (laughs) oh she was she's like oh she is she is very curious about the uh, microphone uh, (laughs) earlier she was uh, checking that out yes she was oh she is absolutely adorable now uh did she come as a a stray was she she abandoned she was not abandoned she actually came from a home with lots of other dogs Ah. so it was a case where animal control had to step in Mm. and take a lot of the dogs so she she is she that's how she came to us and you were saying that uh you've got an awful lot of pets available for adoption right now well right now we currently have we have close to 200 pets now if someone goes to the website or stops out you're not going to be able to view them all because some of them still have to get vaccines and spayed and neutered (laughs) but we do have some that are available for adoption she she is all kinds of (laughs) loving on you she's so sweet and chris when you adopt it when someone adopts a new pet like let's say Coco for example, it's going to be so tempting to just take them everywhere with you. Mm-hmm. But in the heat, just leave them yeah. at home. Leave yeah. the pets at home. A- absolutely. Even if you're going to be really quick in the store, something might happen. You know, just keep your pets at home. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that real quickly because uh, I think there was a, a story in the news uh, just the other day, uh, just this week, about a uh, a, a dog that was uh, fortunately rescued. Uh, by uh, you know a good Samaritan had been left in a vehicle, uh, no air conditioning, windows rolled up. What is the you know 
what do you do when you when you see something like that? I think we've all probably seen that. Yes, you definitely call. So I would, if it was me, I would go into the store and I would let them know, mm-hmm. ask them to make an announcement. Yeah. Like, please come to this car. Yeah. Then I would, I wouldn't wait for that, but I would do that first. Then I would call Animal Control or the Humane Society. Mm-hmm. If it's after hours, I would call the, the non-emergency police department or sheriff's department because yeah. they will dispatch out animal control similarly if we encounter and again i know people uh hey, will see uh, animals that are outside in the heat um without uh, appropriate shelter without water you know that kind of thing in a situation that they should not be in uh really have to report that I yes mean, that's you the, do you similarly know. yes just give a call to animal control give a call to your non-emergency dispatch now unfortunately the laws with ohio aren't the best so if a pet has if a dog has like a dog house that's considered shelter mm. so it's it's really animal control has to walk kind of like a fine line they yeah. have to follow the guidelines but mm-hmm. i mean clearly the pet is in distress yeah. so sometimes they can get the owner to relinquish the pet so that way we can bring the pet to us and then get yeah. it a new home uh as as we mentioned the best idea for your pets is to just keep them out of the heat uh, at the same time, sometimes maybe it's not possible. They uh, do need to go if they are going to be out uh, outdoors. Um, obviously, the same rules that apply for us apply for our pets. Yes. Frequent breaks. Yes. Lots you, of water. They need shade. They need fresh, clean water. And you don't want a conduct like if you do get a doghouse, you you don't want something that's conducting heat because they're not going to go in the house. They're gonna peak in the house so you want them to have something nice and cool and something that air can flow through preferably in shade as well yeah uh so again we definitely want to be mindful of our pets uh during these harsh conditions we're going to be we have been fairly fortunate uh through the course of the summer so far that we haven't had those kind of extremes but this week uh, is definitely going to be uh some yes you know very warm days we mentioned the uh, wags and walks event that had been scheduled for today will not be happening uh which is unfortunate because like we said you've got a lot of we do uh, have a lot of pets <laughs> yeah a lot of animals you'd like to get <laughs> adopted uh if somebody is interested in adopting what do they need to do so you are going to fill out an application on our website www.hancockhumanesociety.com once you get to our website you are going to see the word adopt you'll click right on adopt and then you'll be able to look at the pets but that at the very bottom you can fill out an application even if you don't see a pet on the website that you that you want then, mm-hmm. still fill out an application and tell us what you're looking for. Yeah. Because we might not we might know like, oh, we have someone getting surgery next week. So Gotcha. Still the, fill out an that application. Is, that is a good point that there are uh, some animals that are at the shelter that will be available soon, but yes. maybe not quite uh, ready yet, including Coco. Coco, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She is absolutely, you can just leave her here with me. Uh, Natalie Reffin with the uh, Hancock County Humane Society with us uh, this morning. Natalie, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, that is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media. There's a link to email us. There's something you want to share directly. And of course, you can sign up for our daily email newsletter there as well. Again, goodmornings.net. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.